This is the Spurs Cast with your host, Paul Garcia. And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Cast. In today's episode, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Colin Reed. In this episode, Colin and I will discuss Victor Wembanyama's trip to Phoenix and Jeremy Sohan's play through the first five games of the season. Let's go to jump right into this episode with Colin. Colin, how you doing? I am doing great. It's been a very fun first five games of the season to watch. Uh, you know, I think from a sense of breaking it down and watching the film, you know, to have a player out there who on any possession can just do something that just doesn't make any sense, just mm-hmm. makes watching these games so much more fun, even like from just an analyzing the game perspective. For sure. And, and as we talk about Wemby here in a second, um, I'm going to, I basically like what you just said, like, it's like, I, I just wanted to write down like, wow, plays that like big guys just aren't supposed to do. And you're going to see there's like a million of them that we're going to talk about. Like big guys should not be doing this. So let's go ahead and jump right into, let's first do uh, Colin, before we talk about Wemby here, a quick recap of the Spurs' last two games since I last recorded a um, Spurs cast episode. So this past week, the Spurs uh, did play in Phoenix for both games uh, against the Suns on Tuesday on Halloween night. They defeated the Suns by one point. The Suns were favored by seven points, even without Devin Booker. Uh, this is a game that the Spurs made a big comeback. They made a 20-point comeback when they fell behind pretty early. Uh, one thing that they did in the fourth quarter that we saw was uh, they went to the zone defensive look against the Suns, and it really, um, you know, it really um, held down Phoenix's defense. And they had they had difficult time, which allowed the Spurs to make that comeback. Uh, on this night, Keldon Johnson was the leading scorer for the Spurs with 27 points. He had that game-winning steal and then finished to end the game against Kevin Durant. Uh, and so the Spurs won. Wemby had 18 points. We'll talk about him in detail in, in a bit. And then uh, Wemby uh, and uh, who else? Uh, Vassell, Devin Vassell had 18 points. So then on Thursday, the Spurs are again in Phoenix. They, uh, they're at the Suns, and they beat the Suns by 11 points. Now, this time, Devin Booker was available. So the Suns, you know, knowing that they had uh, Booker and uh, Durant, they were actually favored by 10 and a half in this game. Well, no, it was actually the Spurs who came out of the gates, you know, really on fire. They they led by as many as 27 points in this game. Phoenix, though, did, um, you know, make, start to claw back in the fourth quarter. They ended up getting it down to crunch time at 0-0. Zero, zero, I mean, at, you know, reset at 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, and then Wemby took over in the four in the in the crunch time period. Those last five minutes, he he had he had ten points just by himself. He really put Phoenix away. Uh, one bad thing for the Spurs, unfortunately, is that Devin Vassell did get injured in that game in the first half with a left groin strain. And uh, we'll talk about his injury here in a bit. Um, and so he didn't play in the second half. Uh, Zach Collins had 19 points for the, for the Spurs. And then Vassell, even before he got injured, he, he had already had 17 points by halftime. And so Vegas said the Spurs should have gone 0-2 this past week. And no, they actually went 2-0 two, two this past week. So overall, through five games, the Spurs are 3-2, and two, um, which... Which is, um, you know, really good, you know, considering their expectations. But then I went back and looked to last year, and it was, they were three and two at this point. So you know, I, I know totally different teams. Again, that's just small sample size, but just got to be very careful about you know getting too excited so early in the season. Um, offensively, they're 14th right now, ranked, uh, and then defensively, they're 27th. And then just like I said, the injury news, Vassell is out day to day right now uh, with that left ad- adductor strain, is what the Spurs are calling it, and he is out officially for Sunday um, against the Toronto Raptors when the Spurs return home um, per the team. Uh, and you and I are recording this on a Saturday. Saturday evening. So I know it's a lot of information. What are just your initial thoughts on, um, on the, uh, the Spurs two wins in Phoenix? Yeah. So, um, I was impressed in the first game. I actually was out of the house. Um, when the game was going, like, I missed the first hour or something and mm-hmm. I had DVR'd it. So I was watching it and skipping through the commercials. And so like, right as the game ended, I caught up to live, but I was like skipping through things, but I didn't know how anything was going to go. And, I remember just sitting there going like, 
okay, they're making all these mistakes. Like they're they're especially that starter group. Um, their half court offense abysmal. Like they weren't able to get a good look. Then they would miss, and the Suns would run off a miss, and they weren't putting bodies on the ball. They weren't putting bodies in front of the rim, and the Suns would score. And I was just like noting these things. I was gonna break them down on Twitter, and and I just kept watching, and I kept seeing those, but the frequency of them started to go down. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I look up, and it's a ten point game, and I'm like, okay, well now I'm analyzing this in a different way. <laughs> like, yeah, what are they doing right, and like, can they actually make this a game? And then sure enough. You know, they they got it to um, clutch time and, and they were able to win it. That was surprising. And then I think my first thought was, okay, you know, wow, what a win for this young team to pull out against a championship contender. You know, they're missing two of their players. Mm-hmm. They're big players, but it's still a championship contender at home for the youngest team in the NBA. Good win. And now how this goes in the NBA is now that team is going to spank them in two days. Like, this team is not going to take this sitting down. This is a team of veterans. This is a, like I said, a contender at home. And oh, now Devin Booker is playing. Um, I was very surprised that they went up by 27 mm-hmm. uh, in that scenario. You know, you go into another team. Again, they're supposed to be a contender. They're missing some of their players, but they're still even like, uh, you know, so let's say Kevin Durant and Wimby like cross each other out, the sun should still have a pretty good advantage, even with those players out. And um, yeah, I was surprised that, that they showed the fight they did in the first half, the Phoenix suns, they made it a game. And I think this is where you talked about the Spurs being three and two last year, not only last year, but I would say, you know, the year before that too. Okay. They have this 27 point lead. It goes down to a zero point lead. It's clutch time. Okay. They're going to lose this game. And like the fact that not only did they win it, but one single player Mm -hmm. like doubled the points of the other team when it got to that even, I think it was 116 to 116. And then like the rest of the game, I think Phoenix scored five and Wimby scored 10 or something like that. Like that, that just isn't something that the Spurs have had since DeMar DeRozan left. And I think uh, obviously Wimby's a different player because he's not only doing it on the offensive end, you know, he's also making these big plays on the defensive end, but it's just, the poise of a rookie to be the player who's elevating your team in this clutch time is what really has stood out to me. I think that's been very surprising. You would expect him to maybe be overwhelmed by the speed and the skill of the mm-hmm. NBA in these moments. And instead it's like, this is the time when he really locks in. And that's been kind of crazy. Yes. And, and that's one thing I, I'm glad that you mentioned is like, he, he is that, that X factor in terms of, we don't know, how this is going to end up playing out. You know, of course, you know, Vegas and everybody says, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to be a playing team. They're not going to be a playoff team, which right now looks, you know, looks true, but he's that player because we don't know what he's like in this situation. This is our first time seeing it. And so far they're three and one in crunch time with this guy. And, and he steps up in the best moments. He doesn't. Yeah. We know he's struggling from shooting and everything like that. Well, guess what? He's seven of 10 shooting the ball in crunch time. Like that's the thing is like, if the Spurs end up surpassing expectations, it's because the models Mm -hmm. and different projections could not say, see that this guy, you know, really steps up. And so far it gets a small sample size, four games of crunch time. 
But this dude is just, you know, really taking, take, uh, just getting better at, in those most clutch moments. And of course, you can't factor that in when you're making your projections and and things like that. So you're right, Colin. If they end up not doing as bad as we thought, you know, initially that, that we thought they were supposed to, it's because Wemby is that one player who really just entirely throws out the, you know, just throws out that that playbook on this team in terms of how they were supposed to finish. So that's one thing yeah. that I'm always monitoring is that yes, they're like last year, they're three and two. They, I think they even went like seven and two before they started, you know, they started going on their on their um, started losing all those games. But again, the the fact that they have Wemby and he's showing up right now in crunch time is something just to monitor. Again, it's very early five games, but again, he is that X factor right now that can really just turn the, the just to turn that franchise around in terms of um, earlier projections than we thought. And so just continue to stay on Wemby. Let's go to um, first break down each of his games. And we're going to go a little bit in detail. So what I did was I first went back to, to Tuesday uh, when they played on Halloween like night, like we mentioned, they were down for most of the game. Um, and then they ended up coming back and winning there in the close game. And so what I really wanted to write down was more like, you know, what are some wow plays to me that like, just like, I, like I said earlier on that big guys aren't supposed to do. And, and there was like, a, there was like a lot of them. So let's first just go through this. So, and, uh, and I'll talk, I'll talk about where each of them uh, goes in each category. So on Tuesday, the Spurs play, um, they defeat the Suns. Um, Wemby has 18 points on 12 shot attempts. He gets, I, I have a very small um screen here. Let me see here. Um, okay. He shoots four or five from the free throw line. He grabs eight rebounds. He has four blocks in this game a lot, but then he does have five turnovers. So let's first talk about some of the scoring plays that really stood out to me. So in the second quarter, he catches the he catches the ball at the three-point line. Um, Kevin Durant tries to close out on him. He immediately just kind of moves his dribble and drives toward the basket. He goes with his right hand, switches it to his left, and dunks on Drew Eubanks for a dunk. So that that or he just like, wow, this like a this guy who's just you know, he's seven foot four and he's just moving like a guard from, from outside. Uh then in the fourth quarter. Uh, Nasir Little is like standing near the free throw line, basically backing off Wemby a little bit. All Wemby does is he's at the top of the arc. He goes to the opposite end of the arc, just runs like kind of just really like really quickly. The Spurs give him a shot and then he just he drills the three-pointer. And again, it's almost like a um it's almost like something that a guard should be doing. It's not what a what a seven foot play, seven foot four player should be doing. The fact that he made that that shot. Then in the fourth quarter, um, he gets an offensive rebound. Two Suns players are around him. It's it's um uh, uh Yuta Watanabe and, and Jordan Goodwin. He just kind of like he he knows he's by the basket and, he, and they're like fouling him. And so he just throws the ball up and backwards and the ball goes in. So he gets that and one opportunity. And then uh in crunch time of that game. Um, he makes a mid-ranger just um, real quickly off a spot-up um, uh, inbounds. The fact that he's, again, he that's when he's showing, again, his 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 percentages go up in those crunch time moments. And then uh, he has that put-back dunk where Devin Vassell takes a three in crunch time. He comes back and he, uh, and he, and he gets with two hands and dunks it. His passing, one, one, one pass that stood out to me in this game was in the fourth quarter. Uh, he pretends like he's about to take a three-point shot. He sees Jetty cutting and he like drops the ball, just, just zeroes it in right to him and Jetty finishes a, a layup. And then defensively, he finally showed. I know he showed these a lot in preseason, but he hadn't done in the regular season. He he finally showed those three point block attempts. So so he in the first quarter he blocked a Grayson Allen three point shot. In the um in the fourth quarter, um he uh, he also blocked a Jordan Goodwin three point shot. And then there was a play, another block in the fourth quarter where Allen tries to go up and up up and under him, and he's literally his feet are on the ground, planted on the ground. And he just has his arms out and he just swats the ball. And I just like this dude didn't even jump to do that, and he just stood there like a statue and just just just, just um you know just his timing. And, um, you know, he blocked the ball there. And then I do want to note about his turnovers, because, again, this was a big one with the five turnovers. That was a high turnover amount. Um, he did have two of them um, uh, dribbling the ball, trying to go um, um, break down the defender. Um, one of them was on uh, Duran. He stole the ball. He had one where the Spurs player threw him a catch and it kind of just missed his hands and, and he went out of bounds. But they counted as a turnover toward Wemby. And then he had two trying to like in the post, trying to make those one headed passes. So so I think those are correctable turnovers. It's going to take some time, obviously. But I just really wanted to break down those turnovers. So I know that's a lot of information. Um, just what. What what did what did you think of that first game against Phoenix? Yeah, I think um again just the 
elevation, like that dunk uh, off of the missed Vassell three, you know, in crunch time, like just, just the, cause that game was probably, I mean, I think probably the Clippers game, but that one went to, you know, garbage time. So that one was like, he didn't get a full game in there, you know, outside of the Clippers game, this game was probably like, until crunch time his rougher games of the ones that he had played since opening night and just the fact that he starts making these plays in the fourth quarter as they're starting to come back in um i thought one thing that was really interesting just to get the bat out of the way first you know the turnovers that was something that a lot of the draft guys said like hey everyone y'all are seeing these highlights of Wimby, but like yeah. when we're watching full games the turnovers are the one thing he needs to clean up and the other thing is, and I don't know if he's ever going to be this guy, and I think that's why the Spurs have people like Zach Collins on the team. The screening sometimes is a little mm-hmm. bit like uh, that shot that Vassell took. Um, it was like a a pick and roll where he just kind of, uh, Vassell just continued out and took a three, and he didn't make contact on that screen. There's a couple of screens like that. But, you know, it when that's what you're nitpicking about this player and everything else is like he's checking all the boxes, you know, the mm-hmm. fact that, He's not backing down, I think. And, you know, that he is a rookie, but he very clearly wants to win. He very clearly cares about every single game. I don't think he cares if it's against the worst team in the NBA or the best team in the NBA. Um, and, you know, maybe in five years when he's done this and he's played um, 300 games or whatever, 400 games or whatever, it's going to be a little bit different in his mind. But, like, right now, he wants to win every single regular season game he plays. And I think... Uh, that sounds so cliche and kind of dumb to say, oh, an NBA player wants to win. But I think you really see it like a lot of these things that you've listed on here either start with uh, fourth quarter or crunch time, you know, mm-hmm. because like for him, he's he genuinely is not going to give up until like the game is over, you know, whether they're down 20 or whatever. And so I think that's exciting to see. I think there's a lot of players in the NBA that have grit and kind of the determination, but he has the skill and the talent to actually turn that into, oh, hey, the Suns are up by 20. Now maybe they're turning off the gas a little bit, and now this guy's coming and making every play. That, I think, was what stood out was just – I. it's not even – like you listed all these crazy basketball plays, and it's also just like the mental aspect of like his, his mind, how he sees the pass. I remember thinking he had that pass and he had another pass like that where he hit Trey Jones. It was near the end of the game. He was mm-hmm. like – jumping from the elbow and he did a jump pass just like that. And Trey Jones got fouled. And that was, I think when they cut it to three or something and like those were shots, both in the first fourth quarter that they were ended up being passes. But earlier in the game, those were shots that he went into them. He rushed them. They didn't look very good. And like, as the game progressed, he's like changing these things on the fly to say, okay, I took this shot. It was bad. This time it's going to be a pass and the defense isn't going to expect it. It's just like, evolving mid game it's crazy yes and so now the next game on thursday is when you actually see him just he's exploiting those mismatches like a lot and that's this is when it was when he has this so let's talk about this game so on thursday two nights later Wemby goes for a career high early career high 38 points on 26 shot attempts this is obviously the most times that the spurs have gone to him in any any of these games so far and i'm sorry my free throw stats were very tiny on the screen okay he shoots five of six from the free throw line 10 rebounds, so another double-double, two blocks in this one, one steal, and just two turnovers. Again, an improvement there, that the fact that they're giving the ball a lot, he's doing a lot against the Suns, and he only had two turnovers in this one. So, Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's go to some of his, his plays here. One uh, First quarter, it's a Sohan Wemby pick and roll. Uh, Devin Booker and KD are guarding the pick and roll. Booker switches and on, on the roll, and then uh, so Wemby's you know Wemby's rolling toward the paint with Booker on him. So then Booker um, and Nurkic basically you know say let's switch you know underneath. So him he and Nurkic start switching uh, mid roll. Sohan drives in and he gives the pass to Wemby, seeing that you know that it, the, the defenders are in between switching, and he just like catches it still again outside the restricted area. He just lays it up, just lays it up from like outside the restricted area, and so that was one of the plays. Um, second quarter, he's at the three point line. Uh, Colin sets a back screen for him. Trey and then um and and the the defenders have to switch. Uh, he set the back screen on, on on Eubank. So then so then Eric Gordon gets um switched up on Wemby under the rim. And sure enough, Trey Jones just throws the um the alley oop pass and he dunks it with, with he dunks the ball. That's the second quarter. Another play from the second quarter. Uh, Eric Gordon's guarding him. He just catches the ball outside. Um, it was like over on, on the corner, but not not outside the three point arc. He just turns around because he sees that this little dude who's like six foot four is guarding him, and he just shoots a mid ranger. Doesn't have to put the ball on the floor. Just just turns around and sees, oh, I have this little guy on me, and he just shoots a wide. I mean, for him, it's a wide open shot, and he and he makes that mid ranger. Um, another play in the second corner. This time, uh, it's Malachi Branham's the point. Wendy's uh, Wendy's screening for him. It's and it's a pick and pop. And so the Suns, uh, when, when the Spurs execute this action, both Suns defenders go toward Branham inside the paint, and this is Wemby's first official wide open three of the season, and he makes it. So, so again, uh, I had noted this on Twitter that he hasn't gotten many looks like that. There's just so much attention around him, but this was the first time he recorded a wide open three, and he made it. He's actually gotten three now uh, for the season. Going back to the second quarter, this is one where, again, a seven foot four guy should not be doing this. It's about to be halftime with three seconds left. He dribbles down and he has the ball in his hand and he hits a, pu- a pull up jumper in transition three and makes it. And again, big guys should not be doing that. <laughs> uh, let's go to the third quarter. Um, it's a, it's a Wemby. Wemby's the ball handler and, and Branham setting the screen. So it's a five, two pick and roll. And this is what you said, where he's observing the floor. He, he, they, they run the pick and roll. The, the, the defender switch. So Wemby has a, a little guy on him up top at the arc. He throws the ball immediately back to Branham. And then he darts toward the rim and Branham throws, just throws the ball up and he finishes that, that alley-oop layup. Um, there's another play in the third quarter where he's posting Drew Eubanks. Um, who is uh, too far uh, on his left shoulder. And he kind of just spins and finishes under the rim with the left hand. There's a play in the third quarter where uh, Kelton, it, it's Kelton now running the pick and roll with Wemby and uh, Wemby slips the screen. And then, you know, as soon as he slips that screen, the big guy's caught up top with Kelton and there's just three guards under the rim. He just lays the ball up. Kelton gets it to him. And then of course in crunch time, um, Eubanks is helping on Collins. I don't know why he was doing that on a Zach Collins post up. Wemby dives in and he finished and Collins finds him and he, and he uh, finishes the ball with a left-handed dunk. And then just again in crunch time, uh, he uses a hesitation, um, you know, one, one dribble pull up to the left and makes the three against the, the, uh, against the Suns against, against Eubanks. And then he ices the game with the mid rangers. So, uh, again, just incredible that what he's what he was doing in this game. And, and I think one thing I noted there was that a lot of these times the Spurs got him in like pick and roll action. And we saw what he did against a smaller team like Phoenix, who who, who as soon as he gets that switch, it's automatic. Like he's going to he has that advantage against Booker or Gordon or someone like that. What were your, some of your thoughts in this game against the Suns? Yeah, so I know uh, technically he had more of his points in the first half, but this kind of even goes back to the Vassell injury where I do think that is going to be a big injury for the Spurs. But I, I also think that I think this was his highest usage rate of the season and it was above 33%, but that's Mm -hmm. what his usage rate was 
for like the entirety of the preseason. Um, and so I think we're going to be going back to the preseason usage rate when Vassell is out, which is an interesting thing because, you know, I, I think Vassell being out will definitely hurt the Spurs. But if he's if, if Wimby's going to play like this, which you can't expect every night, again, he's a rookie, but like if he's going to yeah. play anywhere near this level and he has a usage 33% or above, like he's going to make plays. You know, it, it's these possessions, a lot of the times I think when you have a one of your better players stepping out, those possessions are, are trickling down to players that aren't quite as skillful. And in this situation, I think Wimby's going to absorb more of them like he did in the second half of this game. Um, and like if you look at some of these plays that he made in the third quarter and in crunch time, like that's just kind of amazing. So uh, I know this is about this game, but I do think seeing that second half and seeing like how aggressive he was in the second half, I think that's something we're going to see while the cell is out uh, from this game in particular. And this is kind of an off ramp. So when pop said that one time in the preseason, Oh, we only ran one play for Wimby and mm-hmm. you know, he scored out whatever people I have heard since then, like different, uh, like national people say, oh, you know, they're not even running plays for Wimby. And it's like, no, no, no. In that one game, he said, they're only running one. They're definitely running plays for Wimby. Like what you said here with Colin setting a back screen and him cutting to the basket, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's That was a like, design play. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And if you look at these, there's a ton of design plays for Wimby. Um, I think that where Pop is getting a little bit like technical is they're still using a lot of motion offense, mm-hmm. which you don't call for one player. You just say, Hey, we get the ball in this setup and then we just hit the open option, but he's going to be the open option like 80% of the time now. So yeah, I just thought like, I think in the last game we did see him evolve throughout the game, like making the right decisions until in the fourth quarter, it was like a masterpiece uh, in the crunch time of like, okay, he's making the right reads at the right time. I think in this game, we did see that, but you're talking about, now it's not just Trey Jones hitting him at the right times. You know, we had a Branham hitting him with the pass on the give and go. We had the, this, and I think part of uh, his evolution is not only him getting used to the NBA, it's his teammates getting used to him. And like this give and go with Branham, like I think is a really good example of like, okay, it's starting to come together. And like the more that comes together, the better he's going to look. And it has nothing to do with his talent level. It just has to do with, you know, nobody in all of history is used to playing with a seven foot four guy that's skilled. And as they start to get used to it, um, he's going to start doing crazier and crazier things because they aren't going to know where to find him in those moments. And I think this game had a lot of mismatches, like you mentioned it, but I think that we're also starting to see his teammates are learning how to play with him. And like, as that improves throughout the season, it's going to make him look better, even though it's not really a change on his part. But I think, you know, it's one of those things where he's going to get easy baskets because his teammates know how to hit him on the move, how to like throw the lob at the right height and all that stuff. So I think this was kind of starting to see that click with more than just Trey being able to do it on a consistent basis. For sure. And the one, and one of the plays I mentioned that you just mentioned, there was a, like the one where, where Keldon found him. Like, again, he slipped the screen. That wasn't design action. He slips it. Keldon sees and immediately just darts that past him. And he has three, three guys under him, Wemby, but they're all short. So he just lays up the ball. So that was just something like you mentioned about the, his teammates just getting used to him. And then I just want to note something that Zach Lowe mentioned on his podcast recently was that, um, 
you know, the Spurs obviously don't go exclusively to Wemby at the five, but Pop does throw that line about there a bit. And a lot of these plays that he made where he gets these switches and mismatches were because he was playing at the five. I mean, the minute you get Eubanks or, or like Nurkic in a pick and roll, I mean, and they switch, that's it. They're dead. Like Wemby has the easy score, scoring opportunity. And so just looking at the numbers right now, it's against a very small sample size. In just 48 possessions per cleaning the glass, the Spurs are a plus 33.7 points per 100 with Wemby at the five. So again, they're not going to do it all game, but when they do do it, it is, it's going to, it's going to, um, you know, provide some really good results early on is what we're seeing all right so oh, man, that's a plus 67 or a plus 68 in 100 possessions like that's that's an incredible like that the net rating on that like that's insane yeah so it's yeah and then uh, i know like with um with, with just him and collins on the floor it's like a it's just barely a minus 1.5 and then with him and bassy it's like it's like minus 12.5 but again just to see that plus 33 it's it's insane so yeah uh, but again pop won't do that all, all year he's going to stick to you know having two bigs most of the time but but there are exclusive situations where he will put maybe at the five all right so now our, our last topic here colin is let's talk about um just a quick check-in on jeremy sohan through five games see how he's doing uh especially that he's been thrust into this new role as his team's starting point guard um so in 27 minutes a night he's averaging 9.8 points on eight 8.8 shot attempts. Uh, he's getting to the free throw line 2.6 times, 2.6 times a, a game. And he's shooting about 69% from the foul line, 5.8 rebounds. And, and again, this new role, 5.2 assists to, to two turnovers. Um, so we know that Sohan's a player who mainly scores in the paint. Um, 75% of his makes are coming from the paint. He's doing a really good job, really efficient right now. When he gets, when he gets very close to the, to the rim at the, at the restricted area, he's finishing well. Uh, and just like a play that comes to mind is one in that last game where Wemby's they're trying to throw the, the ball to Wemby in, in the, in the post. And there's two players around him. He kind of just taps it to Sohan. Sohan uses one dribble and then finishes a layup. Uh, 63% of his threes are attempted wide open, which that's, of course, we know, we know that's going to happen. So defenders, if you watch the tape, you just push pause on any, so any possession where Sohan doesn't have the ball, they're, they're backing off and they're standing right next to the free throw line most of the time. Uh, which though, when you go back and watch a lot of um, his passing plays, that's actually how he's able to like monitor the floor, pass the ball out to like, to like three point shooters or cutters. So, so that's actually one thing is that, yes, we know the defenders are backing off of him, but when he has the ball in his hands, he's actually able to, to view the floor and kind of um, find the open man a lot quicker. Uh, it does shrink the floor, though, though, whenever he does it, whenever somebody else has the ball in their hands. Uh, looking at the drives data, he's first right now on the team in drives. Uh, he has the lowest turnover percentage on drives. And then what he does when he does drive the ball, he passes first, he shoots second, and then he but he doesn't get fouled much. So he, he hasn't really got to the foul line much. Um, so as a starting point guard in 106 possessions, um, per, per cleaning the glass, the Spurs are a minus 20 minus 26.7, um, uh, net rating their um, eight, their, their offensive rating is 83 and their defensive rating is 109.7. Um, so obviously we see that, like you mentioned, you know, they really stall out on offense and, and a big chunk of that though, too, we have to keep in mind is that Clippers game where a lot of the data looks bad, uh, because of just, they got blown out by 40 that night. Um, when Sohan plays alongside Jones, which we've seen the Spurs closing a lot with where Trey's the point guard, but Jeremy goes more so like that, that four position, um, the uh they're actually a really good duo where um in 57 possessions alongside Trey Jones, the Spurs have a plus 27.2 net rating and their offense is off the chart it's at 140.4 and their defense at 113.1. Uh just some notes that I mentioned is that he's not he's not guarding just solely point guards. So like, so like I know in the opening game, Luka Doncic is the point guard for the Mavs. That's who Jeremy guarded. But then Pop's actually moving around. Like against the Clippers, he guarded Kawhi Leonard. Against the uh the the uh, Suns, he guarded Kevin Durant in that first game. Then in the second game, he guarded a lot more Devin Booker, who is the, the point guard for the Suns uh, in that situation. Uh, something you've noted on Twitter and also that, you know, if you've watched the games is that um, the Spurs are using him in a, in a weird, I don't, you know, I don't know if we call it a three, two zone or a box in one zone because Sohan's always a player in the middle. 
And, um, you know, three, two zone, he's usually there, you know, able to create havoc, but then in a box and one, you would play, you would have him play more man to man and the other, the other four kind of stay, stay down there and play more zone defense, but it looks like he's still more so in the middle. So I'm not sure, quite sure exactly what, what look that is, but the Spurs are experimenting with that. And it, mm-hmm. and it is um, yielding some results, especially like we said in that, that fourth quarter comeback against the Suns on Tuesday. Um, one thing he's doing really well is setting picks and rolling when he doesn't have the ball in his hands and then uh, cutting off the ball to finish. Um, and he hovers near the dunker spot for some open looks. And then lastly, one of his go-to scoring moves early in the season is he likes to post his player, uh, his defenders uh, in that non-restricted area of the paint and then and then use a fadeaway, but to his left. A lot of times at that jumper, he's very comfortable taking from his left. Um, it's a small sample size, but he is shooting five of 14 on that shot whenever he goes to it. So um, just give me your early th- thoughts of Jeremy Sohan so far through five games. Yeah, I think. Um... The them naming the Spurs naming Sohan their starting point guard, I think, has led to a lot of discussion. <laughs> um, and I think what's interesting is with today's NBA with the five out spacing with that sort of thing, I think what a point guard is has changed. I think he is, in my mind, a really good connector type, very much like Boris Diaw was, you know, mm-hmm. like if y'all are an advantage. If the Spurs are an advantage and they hit him, he's going to make the right decision, whether that's hit the next open teammate or dribble in and take a shot. You know, this whole like point fiving thing that pop has made popular where you have to like shoot pass or like start your dribble, like very quickly, you know, that like his high basketball IQ, like within the context of the play, he's going to make that correctly. And he's out there really because now you have, you know, five tall guys, five big guys on the court. And that's a huge advantage on defense. When in reality, what a point guard is nowadays uh, at their best is a player who can like create consistently a double team with their dribble, you know, and who is that going to be on the Spurs who they can like have create that double. And now all of a sudden, you know, Wimby's also putting pressure on and then that starts to create, you know, like when you look at the contenders, you have Dane who can certainly do that. And then Giannis is next to him, also does that. You have Jamal Murray, who they can't lead because of a shooting, and Jokic. You have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. So you really need that perimeter player who can create the double teams and then kind of that other off-ball player who also demands a lot of attention. And I think that the next closest player on this roster isn't Jeremy Sohan when it comes to doing that. It's Devin Vassell. So I think, you know, when people are looking at the starting lineup and they're looking at, oh, who's going to be like, the person who's really getting this offense going it's can Vassell evolve into that player who is starting to shoot pass uh create a lot of defensive attention off the dribble and if he does that that whole lineup really sings in a different way than it did before of course when Trey comes out there he's not like demanding double teams but he can drive uh really well he has really good court vision he can keep his dribble alive in traffic without losing it and still make good decisions in very tight spaces And I think that that aspect is missed a little bit on the starting unit, but I think Sohan has gotten a lot of criticism because they've used the word point guard when really it's like, he's a part of the motion offense with the shooting. You know, I think when this team, if this team ever gets to like competing at a high level, they are going to need more good shooters than they have now around Wimby for sure. But Sohan doesn't have to actually be a knockdown shooter to like get value on that. He only has to be good enough for them not to leave him on the strong side. Like as soon as the defense feels like they can help off of him on the strong side and get into the lane, like now the spacing is completely collapsed. Yeah. But if if they feel like they can't help off of him on the strong side, 
like that is good enough for the spacing. Um, that's really all he needs to be able to do on that. As long as they have, you know, other good shooters on the court who can make them pay from other perspectives. But I think, I think he's done pretty well. I think he's been put in a role that really wasn't something that he was expecting for his NBA career. And he's five games in, you know, we're talking about one of the best prospects in NBA history, who's starting to get better after five games, you know, and this is a very talented, but much more, you know, normal NBA prospect in terms of like, this is more like the, the normal kind of draft guy that comes in. It's his second year. He's in a completely new role. Uh, it's been five games. And I think, you know, as they find that player who they can put next to him, that is able to initiate the offense regularly, but they don't give up size. They don't give up the defense. Then he's going to look a lot better in that role. I think it's just that they don't really like Vassell is getting closer, but in that starting lineup, the half court, shot creation the half court like offense is is just rough from the perimeter right now and as that improves he's going to look better because i think his decision making is going to help them so i think that he's been getting a lot of flack for that i do think trey jones is very helpful in that regard of all those things you mentioned but yeah i think you know the fact that he's just staying with it whether pop is pulling him at the end of games or he's out there with trey jones like he's still doing what he can to impact games in a positive way. Um, And I think that that has really stood out. I think that long-term his fit next to Wimby, especially with Wimby at the five is, is going to be, you know, fascinating for the long-term success of this team. So I, I, I've enjoyed his first five games in terms of, I think it's been better than people have realized. And I think that as there's more perimeter talent around Sohan and Wimby, whether that's development from the guys that are there or adding new guys as time goes on, I think that this is going to look a whole lot better from a lineup perspective. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you there. And especially um, just going back to those two fourth quarters where he, you know, he he really was a big part of, again, they had him as the main part of their scheme defensively in that first game on Tuesday uh, to play that zone defense. And then the second one, where I just remember like that play where he blocks Devin Booker at the, at the end of the, at the end of the game, they're just trying to do a lockdown defense as best as possible. All right. So thank you to Colin for joining me here on this episode of the Spurs cast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate and review on YouTube and your favorite podcast apps. This episode was written, recorded and produced by Paul Garcia. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.